coming up on THC Tutors. First grow is just throw a plant and let it do its thing kind of thing. I tried to use some of the five gallon cloth pots, I was not a fan of them. And the problem with growing, growing that much is cost money to grow weed. It got to a point where I was spraying 12 plants repeatedly every single day, you know, and like everything you got to do, you got to do it 12 times. I always considered using harsher chemicals and not going organic just to get rid of the pest. But the problem was I always noticed it during flower. Realistically, a beginning grower, it's very important to understand that you're probably not going to get shit. At the end of the day, you can't grow a good pot. You don't give a shit about it. You know, it all <laughs> takes character. It takes takes love for the plant. It takes respect for the plant. And if you're in it for the money, you're not going to do it well. So. Hello and welcome to the THC Tutors podcast. Today, we got a really special guest on. This is actually, you know, just give you guys a little, little prelim for what's coming, but this man got me into growing. So I want to invite Johnny to the podcast. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing good, chicken. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, I getting into this guest stuff, I was like, it's like, who should I invite on and who would be a great person for for people to hear what what the heck's going on? So yeah, let's just get into it. So first of all, I think it's okay to say this, but where do you reside? How did you get into growing? And probably the biggest question of all, man, what got you into growing? So just go through those for us real quick. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm from uh, Denver, Colorado. I live like 20 minutes outside Denver, you know, growing up in high school and always smoked weed. So continue to do that. What really got me into growing pot was, you know, the desire to just want to grow my own flower, get away from buying. It was really uh, a fun experiment more than anything. Yeah, definitely. What was your first seeds? Because I feel like this is very nostalgic for a lot of the growers out there. Yeah. So I remember the first plant I grew was at the end of senior year of high school. So I just turned 18. I'd gone on a school trip. So I found this little weed seed and my weed and I got it going right before I went on the trip. And so my dad actually helped me grow it right off the bat. Came back and there's just like a little, a little plant waiting for me. Awesome. Awesome. And when you started that plant, did anything go wrong? Like right off the get go, did you have any problems or did you actually have a pretty successful, I don't know, like seedling stage first week, two weeks of the plant's growth? Well, the plant itself was a scraggly little guy, for <laughs> real. So it was by no means a pretty plant. There was no stages, man. Honestly, it was like started in June, put it outside like middle, middle late June. And it was pretty small. It was like, we didn't do any, I didn't do any training on it. So I was just growing as it would naturally. And I had it like gallon pot. So it was, it was like, it was just a really, really small plant. It produced like a quarter ounce of weed that smelled like grass. But it produced, so we counted it. Yeah, exactly. And that's for a lot of people's first grows. Like I definitely in that same boat where my first grow is like seven grams. And and guess what? This is the thing. So here, real quick. So you said, hey, I just got a seed. I'm going to grow it. Is this outdoor or indoor? I started it. So what I did is I had a little hydroponic setup. It was like the Miracle Grow type thing. And it just came with like a light hydroponics. I didn't use the hydroponics. All I really did was use the light. And I started it in this cute little one inch by one inch pot. Yeah. You started with a super simple light and you can always find, you know, simple ones on Amazon too. So what would you recommend? I mean, I, I know exactly. I think it was the blurple. It was like the, the tube blurple one is your yeah. seedling light. But what, what media did you use first? So, you know, people starting out, I didn't even know what cocoa and Rockwell was. You will get, we'll get into this, but I know that you come from a little bit more of like a background of actually knowing what to put inside of a pot. So what did you actually use? 
Yeah. So I worked at a garden shop called the tools. And during that time I'd get free soil. I'd get, you know, for topsoil, for potting soil, free peat moss, free vermiculite. All I did in the beginning was just use regular potting soil. I think using soil that doesn't have added nutrients to it. And it's just, you know, it's just soil. It's really what I tried to go with. And I think again, going further to the people when they start learning about things, that is more of the proper realm to go with seedlings, especially you being in a what they call those propagation pots, the one inch by one inch cube pot or whatever. And for the viewers, for the people wondering, really, the people that want to get started, because I have a lot of viewers out there and they DM me all the time. They're like, hey, I really want to get started with growing, but how do I get started? Is there any money needed? All that type of stuff. How much investment did you have? Did you get? So starting it off, the first year was really just a fun year. The second year is when I really got into it. Working at a garden center, I would just take all the tree pots I could take. I would take all the ripped soil bags I could take. I would take all the leader pots that they had from the dead plants. I would take anything and everything that I could. I didn't really pay for nutrients. I'd take what I could get. You know, it was super easy for me to do that. On top of that, I'd also get like bone meal and bat guano from the store as well. Mix those in. But for me, it was super easy to get into, a, you know, a very effective cost, like a, a price point. Just in terms of, I was getting, I was getting, I got everything for free. So really looking at if you go to a garden center and if they do have extra dead trees, you know, it's just if they can take the pot and so on. Yeah, that's a great, I've actually never heard that before. That's a great yeah. idea because again, I, people shoot for these packs online that are like, get started and just only pay 50 bucks. But it's like most of the stuff you get there, you could even making your own pots, you know, like the people will do like the cardboard with the, the, the compostable pots, right? Yeah. That type of style. And you said you got nutrients. That was really what, what keyed me on. What, what nutrients did you start with? So really, I think what I saw in the first place, the second season of growing, saw a video and it essentially just said that you need like three cups of nutrients per cubic yard of dirt or soil. And so I really focused on, you know, NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, focusing on trying to hit all three of those, you know, it looks on the box, three numbers. Yep. I used the back one on the bone meal. I can't remember what the third thing I used was. I don't even know if I did use the third thing, but that's really what I went. I just make my own little soil. I'd get the wheelbarrow, I'd mix it up. And those boxes are, you know, 15 bucks a box, 30 bucks for the two of them oh, yeah. the last three seasons, unless you're doing like a whole 20 plant grow. And I think that was, you use the same company that a lot of cannabis growers use. It was the down to earth, right? The yes. Down to earth, yes. Backlano, down to earth, yeah. bone meal. Yeah. That stuff, they sell at the growth store. People can find that everywhere. And it's, it's so ironic. I, I listened to the story again, cause I didn't, I forgot a lot of these details, but you know, actually let's get straight into that. How was your success? I know it's early, but how was your success? Yeah. Not the second season so much, but when you were starting that second season, how different was it looking than the first, the first grow, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the second season, I started it four months earlier than I did the second grow. I kind of had an idea of what I was looking for. And I knew that if I'm going to start them in February, which is the middle of winter, essentially, that I was going to have to do it indoors. And so to start it off, I got a really cheap tent set up that we made together. I bought PVC pipe. We hot glued that shit together. We got some, what was it? What's it called? Mylar. We got mylar. mylar. Yeah, yeah, we got some mylar to sit on the side. And honestly... That tent was phenomenal. It yeah. worked so well. It was it was honestly probably one of our better creations in terms of just like, I have a tent that I bought from the store. I, I don't mm -hmm. like it. You know, the time I made it, it was like, it was all jakey and it had Velcro to shut the door. And, you know, 
I remember but, that. <laughs> yeah. And so I'd use like, and then like little props to prop things up. Then I had the biker spectra in there. So I think really the second grow that was different from the first, I just had an idea of what I was looking for, of what I'm going for, you know, mm-hmm. like what I'd like to see and like had better ideas of trading. First grow is just throw a plant and let it do its thing kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Just, just see what something can do. So, so let's get back to that first grow. What size pot did you end up in? First season, I did the little one by one. And then immediately after I got back and moved it, I moved it into like, probably like a gallon pot. We use it for one of our houseplants now. So it's truly like a houseplant pot. Like it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, a bigger houseplant pot, but you know, nonetheless, the gallon pot is really not that big. And it, that's what it ended in. And so I also had like a cute little like tomato, tomato cage. Tomato cage wasn't doing anything. It was just here, yeah. I guess. To look good. I don't know what I was doing, but yeah. Yeah, I remember that was your first attempt at training oh. ever. And for a little backstory for the people out there, like this, this whole story, even though it sounds crazy, it's like, this is what got me into growing was your passion and to that first plant, you know, seeing that every day and, and seeing actual buds on a plant. I was like, no way we can actually do this. And like, you didn't know what the hell you were doing. And it just, it just went and, and I wasn't even into it. I was like, whatever, that's cool. But that second season, now let's get into that second season more. What pot did you end up in on that season? Yeah, so I started them all out in like, you know, cute little solo cups, essentially. I had a bunch of them from the garden store. So I'd have like actual ones with little drainage holes. Start them in there. And then from there, I'd move them to like a gallon or a little bit bigger. And then from there, I'd do probably like a three gallon. And then I'd move them into a five gallon or maybe hopefully even a seven gallon. Realistically, it just depended on the size of pots that I had at the time because it wasn't it wasn't that I always had the great pots that I have in terms of just the variety and the amount. Yeah, I tried to use some of the five gallon cloth pots. I was not a fan of them. I think they can what be good for like? different purposes. I think, and this was this was on me. I didn't have saucers to soak them in, so I'd water I'd water my plants. Water would go straight through, and then the plants would never get watered, and so. I think if you get saucers or something to catch the water, some reservoir to try to soak it in there, it'll work a lot better. But that was the problem I ran into. And real quick too, in those fabric pots in the second season, were you doing, were you still in potting soil or did you do anything differently? So the second season, I still did my normal mixture, if I remember correctly. I did just like my little home, homemade mixture, mix it all up, and then I'll throw it into the pots. At that point too, I was doing different liquid nutrients too. I'd gotten the big bolty three pack of the fox farms bottle nutrients Great. big bloom and then there was like the big row and tiger the tiger grow. Yeah, the tiger's blood yeah. tiger's blood was for tiger's bloom and then the earthworms casting is liquid and then yeah. big grow or something yeah i remember those i can't believe yeah. i can't believe i forgot those yeah those yeah. were the first the first nutrients y'all yeah. ever used yeah so i tried those and i to be honest i don't even know if they worked so to just specify, you were doing full sun outdoor, right? I was doing up until essentially like the last frost, you know, the last frost okay. of winter in Colorado, which could be May, could be April, you know, it could be whenever yeah. it's Colorado. So I would, I, what I would do is I would get them outside in the sun for as much as possible in the March and April days. And then I'd get them adjusted to the sun. I'd probably say right around my birthday, May 13th, I'd probably get them out and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's three months in the tent, put them out in May, and then you got to be careful with the hail. Um, the one thing I ran into a problem with was starting my plants early in the inside. I had one of them re Do you remember that? 
And it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There was a, and I was like, it just, I mean, it makes sense if you're looking at the plants, like, you know, how it works, that it's going to revenge when you throw it outside. Like, if you have it on that, what, 18 big cycle is probably what I had. Yeah, you know, it's going to revenge. So that was the one problem I ran into starting them early, but you tell me they need to change the life cycle before you throw them out. Just be careful. I'm not too sure. It's actually a lot more popular to find that people do that. I, I've actually heard more people throwing their plants out later in the season just because of that that reason right there. They'll say, hey, I'll take my plant three months. Now I'm going to take my plant six months and then I'm going to throw it outside. And I know this sounds crazy, but some people do it with a lot of success. Of course, we're talking about home growers. We're not talking about people doing commercial stuff. And like you said, it, it just all makes total sense, right? And for the people wondering you, of course, Colorado has a household max. Were you hitting? Were you hitting the household max? Oh, so essentially, I was hitting, absolutely hitting that the household max. <laughs> I have my med card, so I could legally grow three, or I could grow six in flower. My mother could grow six in flower, and my father could, or grow three in flower and three in flower. And the household max is twelve plants. So I was growing yeah. six plus three plus three, so that's twelve. I was around the limit. I was around as much as I could. And the problem with growing growing that much is cost money to grow weed you know if you want to keep fertilizing stuff and i i didn't have great success in the end game so it's kind of like oh my gosh all this work and all this money for for nothing you know for some experience sure but yeah well and i think a lot of that i don't know if you'll agree with this or not but it also is is how much are you willing to spend and where are you spending the money right so i know i'm going to hear a bunch of comments from people in living soil beds saying hey i only spent 40 bucks and I have the same bed for the last four years, but it's like, we didn't know at this time, we didn't know what the hell a bed was. You know, like we didn't know what living soil was actually get into that real quick. When you started doing organics, what kind of changed in, in your grow style? Should I say that kind of converted you from going, first of all, from a gallon pot to a five to seven gallon pot. And then second of all, from one plant to 12 plants, right? Yeah. Essentially, I think that obviously I want to grow as much weed as possible, right? I did zero research the first year. So what really changed my growth style was that people around me, such as you and, you know, other people trying things and, you know, learning and experimenting with indoor growth throughout the season, such as our other friends as well. But I think just giving a shit gave a big part of it and really trying to, you know, there's like four of us growing pot. We all want to grow the best pot and the most pot, you know, but I think that's kind of what changed it too. And like, realistically, like. I didn't spend too much on like nutrients, but as the season progressed, I had to go a lot more into IPM and figuring mm -hmm. out what to do with the bugs that ultimately just destroyed my crop every yeah. year. So, yeah, you know. what? Let's get into that actually real quick. That's a great thing. So you're outdoor, I'm indoor. I've only ever really had a problem with aphids. I brought them in on myself. I was at, I was literally at your crop dealing with aphids. Did one of the dumbest things a grower can do. And I went straight home after I was playing with your plants and I played with my plants. Probably did it myself. And, but what were the, I would say that the biggest pests that you deal dealt with and was there anything that deterred them from fucking up your crops? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So aphids were the biggest problem I had. And then caterpillars were also a huge problem. Growing outdoors next to open space with a whole bunch of like, it's an open field right behind me. So there's a lot of uncut bushes, tall grass, whatever. Aphids destroyed my shit from like, from like July to October, like uh, like August to October, from like to you know when you're cutting it down. 
I would just be spraying as much as I could. And then at the end of it, too, caterpillars would start making their way into the, the buds. They'd eat the buds and they'd do something. I don't know, but it would be like bud rot. And so the whole bud would rot from the inside. What I ended up using, I used SNS. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I'm like, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is fucking stupid to keep buying it. And so I got to a point where I was using clove oil, rosemary, and mint and something else. And then I had this other stuff for caterpillars that was called Monterey, Monterey BT. And I tried to use ISO, but Monterey is what I used for the, the caterpillars. Mon- uh, okay. Monterey BT, I think. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't think anything made any difference to some degree. Like it got to a point where I was spraying 12 plants repeatedly every single day, you know, and like that's where it started to add up. There's all this. Yeah. Everything you got to do, you got to do it 12 times, like, you know? Yep. And so, yeah, I don't think, honestly, I don't think anything worked for me. I threw everything away every time. So, yeah, I was kind of just like, nothing worked. So, and this is, so this goes from being a, a outdoor guy, right? And, and having, you're putting yourself against those type of issues and stuff. Now, the, yeah. the next question, I guess I wanted to ask, because one thing that I've been pressing on the podcast to a lot of people, and this is a lot of people's problems, I feel like their first grows. They grow not the most optimal plant, therefore they get a lot of the problems associated with unhealthy plants. Like, and this is me trying to say this in the most like not rude way possible, but like my plants, when I started out, I was not growing them properly and everybody saw, you know, like yellowing leaves and splotches on the leaves and all this different stuff. And of course you have to learn, you got to make mistakes to learn, but I like to push to people that, or even just asking you this question of. If things were healthier, right? If I'm not going to say like bugs weren't an issue, but if you re-went into that grow tomorrow, right? What would you do different in terms of pest management? I think, I think the biggest thing that I would have done differently in terms of pest management is really trying to pop on top of it in the first place, not waiting until you see something. So I think a super simple one that I found out that helped a lot was get the yellow ste traps and just throw them at the base of the point you know if you have a problem if you start getting bugs you know it's a telltale sign obviously stuff like that i think maybe a more optimized routine of spring i don't know i always considered using harsher chemicals and not going organic just to get rid of the pest but then it was like the problem was i always noticed it during flower and so it's like if you're gonna spray flower with that it's just like a problem in itself and yep. so i think maybe just being on top of it ahead of the game before a problem happens so problem mitigation proactive but being proactive. yeah being proactive absolutely yeah yeah i mean and but that's in terms of what people do to their crops that, that is one of the best ways to do it and and i think mm-hmm. it hurt me personally if you restarted a crop tomorrow and you did it like hey i'm, I'm gonna do this tomorrow and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get this good i think that you'd have a lot more changes than what you stated because you'd be doing the action again and if, i think for a lot of like for the viewers know this, but this is my first outdoor season, actually taking, doing full sun, full outdoor. And it's hard. I've had problems with bugs. I, I've had five or six die on me. And I, I always tell the viewers, I say, hey, man, let Mother Nature do what Mother Nature does. But getting further down the line away from pests and away from scary things, I actually, I want to get into something more exciting, which is yield. I mean, I smoked some of that stuff when it came through and and everybody especially us when we first started growing, it was, it was definitely a community event when people pulled down plants and 
and stuff like that happened. Everybody was always happy. We were competing, but very, very proud when people actually had successful harvests. So let the viewers know from the first year you got 14 grams, but what did you get the second year? So the second year I did 12 plants. I think my best guess, because I, I would smoke saw a couple of the buds, you know, that weren't chitten by caterpillars and rotting away. So, you know, I'd get a little bit here and there. I think that I probably realistically got at least three ounces of plant for 12 plants. And that's like for the small side of things, in my opinion, because I had some honkers and then I had some, you know, just regular looking plants. I think, I think realistically three ounces of plant times 12 plants, 36 ounces, that's two pounds, give or take. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, right it's, I had a couple, you know, a couple buds that are like half an ounce kind of thing. Like the beautiful looking, huge nug. And, you know, I very much went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest thing too is, you know, cutting off the shitty buds on the bottom because then it takes away all the problems of having to trim it and it puts more energy to the plant. I think that was the biggest thing I took away from it too is finding that balance of which buds are actually worth it, which ones do we keep? Probably, yeah, I mean, two pounds and that's like, I'd give it everything love, you know, I give everything with lots of love and care, absolutely, but by no means was I doing like correct, you know, correct growing kind of mechanisms and techniques, so... Yeah. So now skipping down, you did three ounces of grow. Now skipping down, what was for the viewers, and I, I don't know, it's this your third year or whatever. We started to go in on genetics together. The boys started to actually fry to do better things, not just go from bag seed, right? Yeah. What was your bet? What did your best grow look like? Because I think people, people have seen, hey, this is, you know, this guy's not the best grower or whatever. But I think what this shows is this is how it starts. But how is it like, what did it look like the third year? What what was your best, you know, or the fourth year? Like, what, what was your best growth? I mean, realistically, I think, I think the second year beginning and the third year end was probably my best grow. Because the second year, my channel was gorgeous. You know, my little makeshift rat, ratty ass tent, like beautiful foliage through and through. Like it was four by four filled to the brim with just green leaves, like beautiful looking plants. Absolutely phenomenal. And then I think as the time went on, you know, I really know how to make decisions with the plant for its final like stages. And so not really being able to prepare for, you know, flowering as much. And then I think the third year around, I was a lot more prepared for the flower and, you know, like the training techniques and what I'm really looking for within the plant and like what I'd like to see produced from the plant. So I think those combination of those two years would be the same. And I've taken a break this year. Just I've been, been a busy man, I guess, busy doing nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's okay. And that's what a lot of growers do. I mean, I, we've had a couple of viewers that have hit us up that are like, Hey, taking this year off. And it's actually just to like, take the year off. Like you said, you, you said that so perfectly earlier. You said 12 plants is a lot of work. And I don't think a lot of people when they're getting into growing the people that hit me up, they're like, Hey man, you know, I want to grow and I want to sell or I want to grow and I want to do this. I want to make a breeding plant. Like I want to breed plants. It's like, dude, you, you don't even you don't, you haven't even grown a plant yet and you haven't even gone that fast. Like it's, it's a road and you're getting into some, and this is the big thing is, is actually I'll, I'll get you on this side, but you knew way more than me. And I still at, at some point now, I say that you have like the gardener touch, like that kind of like old lady get in the nursery and it sees how things like, you know, when something's wrong. And I want like, how do you, how did you get that? How, how did that happen? Like, cause I don't have that. Yeah, absolutely. No, as I, as I grew up, 
my, my grandma loved gardening. I'd go, you know, get paid $5 an hour to go help her and do whatever and stuff and plant, plant whatnot. And my dad gets super into gardening in the backyard. And so it was just like, oh, like, fuck it. Let's go grow some pot. And I worked at a garden shop. So it was like, I had everything at my fingertips to grow weed. Like, why wouldn't I grow some pot, you know? That's really got what got me into it. And like, you know, I do houseplants. I do my vines. My room was filled with just random plants that I'd find around and I'd keep them going. And then it was like, oh, like, let's have the plants do a little something for me, you know? Yeah, for real. Yeah. For real. How about you grow? Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, but that's, yeah. So we talked about your best grow, your worst grow, all that different type of stuff. I really want to get into things for, for beginners. If you had one thing you recommended for a beginner, like the cheapest, you already talked about grabbing free pots and whatnot, but like the cheapest route for a newbie to get into, if, if they're in a legal state, where they're allowed to just put one plant outside, maybe put it by the window. What What is Johnny's way of growing? You know, because my way is totally different. And I think people don't really like my way because it's super freaking technical where you come from the backings of like, this was the easy way. This is what, what I was taught. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I think as a grower, a beginning grower, it's very important to understand that you're probably not going to get shit. Like it is what it is kind of thing. Like you got to like, you got to grow something first, like start with tomato plants, go from there. But like, if you're going to do what I did, you know, my first, second, third year or second and third year, I started in February and I ended in October. That's nine months, you know, like that's like, you know, late October. So nine months, that's a baby, you know, it's literally just taking care of a baby for nine months type of thing. But for, for reading growers, I mean, I think that it's just important to, you know, just not overdo it. Like there's so many ways to fuck it up. And just to keep it simple, it's the best way to do it well. And would you say you're more likely to fuck it up doing more than fuck it up doing less? Oh, yeah, absolutely. By all means. Cause like, I remember I remember when I first started it in the, in the inside, all I used was water, you know, maybe a little bit of mycorrhiza, you know, that. And like, it was just very, very simple. It was very easy for me to do, very manageable. I didn't have to measure things out all the time. I guess even as like, you know, as time progressed in the outdoors, I'd be just throwing shit in bottles and filling it up with water. I didn't measure anything, you know? And it was like, <laughs> I was only, I, and like, I think if you're doing like not super harsh things, you know, you can have a little bit more ability to play with those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But definitely, definitely. And, and in terms of that, like you grow in a very, or have grown in a very, very harsh climate, you know, talk about literally an arid desert. <laughs> and then it's like the, I don't know, the people that have the type of space or that like, I don't know, somebody that lives in, in like Florida, somebody that lives in like a, a sunny place, Michigan, like here, like it, it hasn't been that hard for me to grow environmentally. It's been hard for me to grow like with bugs and with pests and stuff like that. So to finish it all off, I really want to talk about the quality difference. Um, I want to talk about like, this goes a lot more to your roots of like smoking more than growing. And this is what a lot of growers I've personally talked to one-on-one. They're like, hey, Noah, you're cool and all. I like the technical talk, but I'm not into the technical part. I want a cleaner product than what I get from the store. So can you talk a little bit on how much better was it? How much cheaper was it? Was the cost similar? You know, that type of stuff for somebody that is getting into it as, as I just want to grow some pot similar to you. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's really like, what do you value? And do you find enjoyment from it? It's like, if you love going out there and trimming up your plants for two hours, I, I fucking loved it, you know? And that was like very rewarding for me to see my plants grow. 
But I wouldn't really say that like my time was being well spent. It wouldn't, you know, because like time is money. Absolutely. Like if you make $20 an hour, what you do is worth 20 an hour, you know, essentially. So looking at it that way and realize that you got to put time into it if you want something good out of it. The quality, amazing smells. Like I think the biggest thing was just like very, very clean smells and like they so different from the dispo, you know, the dispo, you're probably getting stuff that's like a month old, two months old. I'm not really sure, but it's probably not fresh off the plant to the dispo to you. You know, there's processing, mm-hmm. there's waiting time, there's other things getting accounted for. So I think in terms of like smells and taste, it would be much more beneficial for you to do it on your end of things. I mean, you can also mildly control it if you pick genetics and something that you're looking for and, you know, something that's well known for the smell of this terpene, you can kind of isolate that kind of stuff. But I think overall, I probably would do the plant itself after like nutrients and soil costs and everything else. I would probably say I probably spent like 20 to $30 a plant. So a plant. $30, $40 for like a couple ounces of, you know, so pretty yeah, decent quality just, home grow. Just multiply that by 10. So $400 for 36 ounces. Yeah, that's an essentially. Easy way to say that. And, and yeah, and that's awesome because you're not using a light you're you're doing it all outdoor exactly. and again like for the people wondering there was a lot more plants like a lot more bud on all of those plants it's just you only went for a's you only went for the stuff that was worth trimming that was worth mm-hmm. dealing with that was worth selling and that's the thing I, I i tell people a lot of times the stuff that i smoke is the stuff that i would sell like the stuff that i trim is the stuff that i'm going to smoke so why yeah. am i going to trim stuff that I'm not going to smoke. It makes no sense. And I don't like, I don't understand growers that do that and or sell it and or shove it in a LARF bin thinking that they're actually going to smoke it someday. Cause you know, it's just going to stay in the LARF bin. You know, like with the prices of dispos these days, it's just going to stay in the freaking LARF bin. So I really like that to push that to growers. And I like that you said that. So another thing, you know, I think people out there are going to wonder, you know, you know, like to hear like, what's your favorite way of consuming, man? Yeah, I mean, back in the day, man, fucking nectar collector dab streaks. <laughs> no, no more though. No more for me. I was definitely, when I was growing, so like the last three years, big into glass, big into bongs, big into, you know, a nice big American made bong, Texas tube, sovereignty, some biotics, you know, yeah. rooster apparatus. Now I'm fucking just smoke a joint, man. Like I got to the point where I was like five years into smoking weed and had no clue how to roll a joint. Yeah. I should probably learn. And honestly, just hold on my bongs. I've stopped dabbing. I think dabbing's kind of rotten my brain a little bit. Like, step away from that. Yeah. Dabbing, dude, dabbing is like, it's just, it depends how you intake. It depends how you consume. And I think when I was a kid, kind of like you, just like you, I wanted that. I think it was the efficiency of high. Right. Like people oh, so easy. nowadays, bro, nowadays I take a lot of edibles, a lot more edibles than I'd ever think. And I actually enjoy highs off of edibles. I think it's more because, again, that efficiency factor is being like an older adult person. You don't want to be smoking in front of your family. You don't want to smell like weed in front of kids. You know, you just like you want to kind of consume, but just be high and be happy. Now, in comparison, you talked earlier about the price point and stuff like that. In comparison to me, it's a little bit more expensive, right? I have to pay for electricity, stuff like that. I think that's really the only added cost I have compared to you, which reality, guys, it's only about, I don't know, 50 or so dollars a month for a two by four. I think it's even less than that. But what I really wanted to get to was cannabis has gone down, not just quality, but price. 
astronomical. There was this one question I got from a viewer and they said, hey, it's kind of worth it for me. Like there's an argument for me just continuing to go to the dispo. What is the number one thing you would say to that person? What's your priority? I mean, if you enjoy your own pot, more power to you, grow, you know, and then that makes it way more worth it. You're getting not only a end benefit of pot, but you're also getting, you know, the reward of growing pot the whole way through it. Realistically, also, it comes down to what dispo you go to. You can go to some shitty ass dispo, get an ounce for 120. You go to a nice, decent, similar dispo, an ounce for 60 bucks. The same thing, different <laughs> dispo. You know, it just depends on where you're going, depends what you want. I think it really just comes down to if you feel rewarded from growing pot and it's the exact same price, I think it can be a very rewarding like experience to be able to kind of do that. It's like putting a lot of your, it's, you know, it's reaping the fruit of your labor. Just say it, it, man. Like, I was about to say, just say it's the best pot yeah. you ever smoked. Yeah. Just yeah, say exactly. it. Like that, that, you know, it's made a lot thing. of care and like, I think that's a big part yeah. of it too. Is like, you know, that's what I tell people. Grow your own, man. Like are going out of business because more people are growing their own because I think more people see this and see, even if I grow something like what you said, bugs destroyed your stuff. It was still smokable. It still okay. looked amazing. It still smelled amazing. And that's the difference is first season smell like, Hey, second season smelled really good. Third season smelled even better. Like people, you know, of course, I still go to the dispo. I think John still goes to the dispo just to get, hey, I need it. I want an ounce. I want maybe a taste of a different flavor, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think if you're the type of person that is really bulk, you're medicating, maybe doing something like that. I think you're going to find a lot of value in growing your own pot and, and doing it your way. Right. So, yeah, man, it's been awesome having you on the show today. I'm really, really excited to, to get this out to the people because like I was telling you before the show, like so many people just, they want to hear somebody that dives into, to why they should grow. Whereas I, like I said, people get a little bit annoyed of the technical stuff and all that, all that jibber jabber. And they just want to hear, man, I, I just want to grow some pot for everybody going away today. I want you to give them just like, you know, one or two sentences of, of, of Hey, at the end of the day, this is why we do it. This is why we're in this community. And this is why you join the community. At the end of the day, you can't grow a good pot. You don't give a shit about it. You know, it all <laughs> takes character. It takes, you know, takes love for the plant. It takes respect for the plant. And if you're in it for the money, you're not going to do it well. So. I love that. I love that. If you're in it for the money, you're not going to do well. Like the greatest growers I know are in there for passion. They're not. Yeah, in- they want to see the best plant, but you know, the prettiest plant, the smelliest plant, you know. So. they know what good weed smells like they're not just big ag bros so. it's not about the looks it's about the smell man it's all about yes, them turps yes sir and hey real quick too because you said hey my dad helped out my my i garden with my grandma is the family cool with with you you know growing pot and, and doing what you do yeah no i mean very very fortunate to have you know people that respect it and allow it and everything and enjoy it as well so it really just depends, you know, that what situation you're on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So hell yeah, man. Well, grower love to all y'all that made it to this point. I'm really, really excited to start getting these guest podcasts to you guys. Yeah. Let me know uh, what you guys like, what you guys dislike about him. I really wanted to have Johnny on as one of our first guests because he's just, he's really the main reason I started growing. If I didn't see him do it and do it successfully a few times, I, I wouldn't be at the point I am now. And seeing his failures is what gave me more success. So yeah, 
So grow love to everybody that made it to this point. I'll see you in the next podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you for listening to that podcast. Make sure to give us a review over on Apple Podcast. Loved you guys for sticking around to the end. You know, constructive criticism always needed, always wanted. Hit us a DM on THD Tutors over on Instagram. And again, make sure you guys leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening.